Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where each week and every week we dissect and go into great depth and detail of different kind of alcoholic drinks. Or at least we attempt to. And this week we're going to try to learn you something about ginger beer. Ginger beer. Been around for a while, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, I mean, it's been around for as long as I've been alive. Yeah, well, longer, significantly longer. Yeah. It's uh, been around since the 1700s. 1700s. Where it apparently originated in England. Like a lot of beer things. Yeah, like like a lot of beer things. Though I guess we should start by uh, mentioning exactly what ginger beer is, because then we can tell you why it's not actually beer. Hmm. It's closer to cider than anything else. So, it is, in fact, yeast... Well, I was going to say yeast-free. It's not yeast-free. It's free of hops, free of malt. It's free of barley. It's it's free of grains Mm. of of any kind, which, of course, a beer is made from fermented grains. Yeah. Well, a lot of beer is. Yeah. Um, Obviously, free of hops. So, but it's got a lot of sugar in it and... Ginger, of course, plus other spices and herbs to uh, create the beverage that the brewer is looking for. Yeah, because it, it's usually fermented and made from sugar, ginger, water, and a starter culture known as ginger beer plant. Hmm. It's different from other well, other uh, brewing techniques. Where, well, in so much as the plant, the the initial. Um, starter culture is kind of used again and again and again as opposed to beer and wine or and spirits which tend to be used once or twice and then thrown out yeah and of course another way in which it is quite different to uh, to the brewing of beer is that when you brew beer the culture is added to the grain, and then that breaks down and produces sugars. Mm. Whereas with ginger beer, sugar is added and ginger is brewed. Yeah, exactly. No, Because oh, the ginger w- doesn't produce sugars. There is sugar in ginger, but not anywhere near enough. To yeah, it doesn't break down the way, no. the way no. malted barley does or something. No. Although it'd be interesting to see or taste what a uh, al- alcoholic drink would be if it was just uh, ginger juice or crushed ginger pieces and whatnot. I wonder what that'd be like. Mm. Probably dreadful. Quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly very um, not sweet at all and uh, quite possibly unpleasant. Hmm. But at at any rate, though, we've basically, we've locked down what this is, and it's also, apart from being very close to, uh, from being very close to cider, it's very close to an old English drink that was commonly known as small beer, in that small beer was brewed in the home to be consumed 
instead of water because water wasn't particularly safe, but mm. something that was marginally alcoholic was. And yeah, I still find that fascinating how the the yeast in beer or small beer and ginger beer displaced the bad bacteria that was in the water supply. Yeah, it's it's interesting because both of them were brewed in the home for consumption by the whole family. Yeah. Adults and little children alike. And uh, for that reason, they were never very strong. Traditionally, small beer and ginger beer were like half a percent to 2.8% at the most. Yeah, Usually being around two. Yeah. So even though we make it sound like everyone was drunk all the time, we're half right. (laughs) Yeah, the the little children would have been drunk all the time. Not... Not so much the older ones, but if you, I mean, if you're drinking one of those an hour, you'd be a little tipsy, I guess. Maybe that's why there's so many weird things invented back in the day, like over over the early years, because people were a little tipsy all the time. Just a little tipsy all the time, and yeah. they never thought that's a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> they, well, just it, give it, it a shot. Yeah. Uh, it, they would have thought it's a good idea because people like you were you'd live longer if you drank beer and wine well yeah not water and not water yeah water was bad yeah very true and uh, so obviously ginger beer today as you'd notice from your Bundaberg ginger beers and your budrum ginger beers and your kirk's ginger beers and whatever other type of ginger beer you might find at your local supermarket they are more commonly now non-alcoholic soft drinks hmm that and are you know, heavily carbonated. There's no real ginger in there at all for most of them. I mean, some of them are brewed ginger beers, like Bundaberg ginger beer, where they still brew it, but... But it's a, it's a rarity now. But don't produce any alcohol out of it, but no. it's, it's a rarity, yeah. It, it's usually just a, a sugar syrup and carbonation. Yeah, though now, of course, there are, I suppose have continued to be, still some making a more traditional style ginger beer that still contains that alcohol except that the modern ones are more alcoholic mm. than they used to be they're still not by today's standards a strong alcoholic drink no i think they'd be about a, a mid-strength yeah they're they're roughly four percent we've we're mm. trying two different ones today and they're both four percent there you go and uh, so interestingly enough they're also both made using different methods the one we're drinking first is the Krabby's original alcoholic ginger beer, yeah. and it's not brewed. So well, it, it it is still brewed, but they steep the ginger in a liquid to allow the the flavors to come out, mm. as opposed to but certainly not, making not, a mash. It's not brewed using the traditional method, which is no. why it it doesn't have that sort of cloudy appearance no. that most brewed ginger beers have. It's nice it though. Looks more like a beer and tastes more like a uh, ginger ale than a than what I would have called a ginger beer. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like it, it, it's like the difference between a pale ale and a lager, if you will. Pale ale, or well, a lager being really sort of bright and refreshing, and a pale ale being, I mean, still refreshing, but a little a little more body. Mm. I mean, this is yeah, this is bright and refreshing and really easy to drink, but it's um, a very different taste to what I've had previously from well, from non-alcoholic ginger beers or from alcoholic ginger beers. Mm. Yeah, there's 
like you can taste ginger, but it doesn't have almost doesn't have all the complexity of ginger beer that I know. Mm, well, and if you look at the ingredients, it it's got doesn't. Ingredients on it? Oh yeah, and it, it doesn't actually list ginger per se. It lists ginger wine. There you go. Oh, that's probably where they get the steeped ginger spirit from. Mm. How about that? Honestly, guys, this is the first time I've seen um, ingredients on an alcohol bottle. Yeah. Because I mean, they tend the... not to list them. Yeah, that's very true. But I guess because in with things like ginger beer, it's not about what's in it. It's about how it's in it. And how much you've used and how long you've done what you've done. I guess. But yeah, so the the ginger wine, of course, contains mm. water, glucose, syrup, grape concentrate, spirit <laughs> alcohol, ginger extract, and yeast. But there's no actual ginger, ginger. There was no point where they put a ginger mash in this. No. From the look of the ingredients. No. And that would have been... Um, that would have been from the ginger wine. So the gin- yeah. sorry, the ginger extract. Um, I forget why I was looking this up, but yeah. I w- I was reading about making extract. Oh, making the mead. Uh, the this next batch of mead. Um, I was looking up what to put in it, and this website told me how to do how to make extracts and um, tinctures from herbs. Because mead, I mean, this is a separate episode, but mead or some uh, some people's, some uh, towns and old spirit folk, I guess, used mead as a, a herbal remedy or used mead to uh, keep herbs fresher for longer. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the high-proof alcohol that, allow, that extracts the... The, the herbal properties, the medicinal properties from them. Right. And so that would be the steeping process that they talk about on the label of this. Yeah. Would be that they have steeped the ginger in an alcohol to produce the ginger wine that mm-hmm. they've then mixed into this ginger beer. That's a long, curvy process. It <laughs> certainly is. I mean, this is definitely not the process that um, somebody would have used in their home to... To produce, I mean, I think no. I've I've known people who have brewed ginger beer at home. You've known people who have brewed ginger beer yeah. at home, and it's a simple process where you mix it up and put it in bottles, knowing that it's going to age in the bottle. It's gonna mm. it's gonna do its work in the bottle, and if you're lucky, they won't all explode. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember any exploding. Oh, except for one that got dropped. That exploded. Yeah, because the pressure builds up so much, and then yeah, when you open it, you just get a, a noise yeah. out of it. But if the pressure builds too much, if the temperature is wrong in the place mm. where you're storing them, boom, boom. Yeah, and then you have a waste of ginger beer. Yeah, and a waste of a bottle. So obviously ginger has been around for a very, very, very long time. There's... It is, in fact, one of the oldest herbs yeah. in the world. Well, it, it's... One of the earliest mentions is in the first century AD in Southeast Asia. Um, and it's still used today as a medicinal herb with its uh, anti, uh, anti-inflammatory anti and stomach-soothing properties. And it's supposed to be really good for digestion. 
the path towards ginger beer as we know it didn't really start until the 15th century when uh, ginger ginger growing was introduced to the Caribbean and parts of Africa by the English. Yeah, which um, was an interesting thing because then by 1655, when England had control of Jamaica and the Caribbean's most... They were the Caribbean's most prolific producer of ginger at the time, making over two million pounds to export to Europe each year. And that's two million pounds is a lot of anything to be producing in 1655. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently, Jamaican ginger was considered especially flavorful. So naturally, they would decide to make a drink out of it. Of course. Like- and, you know, sugar was being produced there as well. So, how do you go? Well, we've just acquired these two fantastic things that um, actually survive pretty well when we ship them. Mm. How do we make some money on this? Let's make a drink that also remarkably survives well when we ship it. Because, <laughs> of course, ginger beer was traditionally transported in um, not glass, but ceramic mm. bottles. And that was mostly not actually anything to do with keeping it cold or making it last better because it lasted just fine either way. It was because of the appearance Because it was cloudy, it didn't look particularly appetizing. So they sold it in a ceramic bottle so you couldn't see it. How about that? And yet this uh, ginger beer we're drinking is not cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? So in... um... Sorry, I just just, um, flipping through my research here, noticed that, um, well, today's ginger beer is typically non-alcoholic, there have been times in history where ginger beer was up to 11% alcohol by volume. Holy shit. But uh, in 1855, when the British Parliament passed an act that imposed export taxes on beverages with an alcohol content above 2%, Mm. they kind of reined it in a bit. (laughs) Yeah. So, speaking of England, the uh, brewed ginger beer originated in Yorkshire, in England in the mid-18th century, became popular throughout Britain, United States, Ireland, obviously, everywhere else where people are. With, uh, with the discovery of how well they could transport ginger beer in, um, in stone and ceramic bottles, they uh, started producing some pretty fancy-looking stoneware bottles and um, exporting to the US and Canada which began in the 1790s and went right through to the 19th century. But uh, during Prohibition, ginger beer dipped in popularity in favour of ginger ale and other non-alcoholic beverages. And it never really... Alcoholic ginger beer never really made a comeback after that. Thanks to Prohibition in the US, that all but killed the alcoholic ginger beer trade. And everyone started moving towards the non-alcoholic stuff, and that's and around that same time is when the when ginger ale was invented too, by what's his name, by a man named John McLaughlin. He he bought a uh, well he. He he uh, created McLaughlin Belfast style ginger ale in 1890. He t- developed a method of mass bottling, and it that led to 
awesome an awesome amount of sales. But it uh, d- didn't really take off until about 1907 when he refined his recipe by lightening the dark color and improving the sharp taste of his first ginger ale. The result was a drink called Canada Dry Pale Dry Ginger Ale. That's a mouthful to say, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he, well, he, he patented it. So that's why you've got Canada Dry Pale Ginger Ale. Yeah. And um, I think a, a big distinction tr- between traditional ginger beer and ginger ale is the, the production method. That uh, unlike with traditional ginger beer, ginger ale is made by adding ginger flavoring and sweetener to carbonated water. Mm. It's nothing like the nothing like the ginger beer. Yeah, though the differences are far less clear these days, apart from in flavor, because many modern manufacturers use the same process of not actually doing any brewing or adding any microorganisms <laughs> at all when they're producing ginger beer. It just they just manufacture the flavor. Tastes different, yeah. So a lot of modern ginger beers only differ from ginger ales because they're spicier and less sweet. Hmm. But otherwise it's made using exactly the same methodology. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, the craft brewers are taking it back. They're uh, recreating the different styles, or recreating their own... Versions of alcoholic fermented ginger beer. Yeah, and there are quite a few. I mean, we've we've only got two here, and we'll tell you about the second one later on. But there were many that I could have chosen from, mm. including several that were produced by uh, several that were produced by craft brewers. Like um, I know that um, Four Pines Brewery produces a alcoholic ginger beer. Mm. And of course, mo- most of these brands we've mentioned today are Australian because Australia has a pretty big ginger industry. Mm, a very big ginger industry. We love our ginger here. Yeah. But I know that um, you guys can get Bundaberg ginger beer over in the US. Can they? How about that? It's good. I wonder. If, I wonder if it tastes different. I wonder if they actually ship... The bottles from Australia, like the filled bottles from Australia over there, or whether they just ship the syrup and then add carbonation and bottle it later. Mm, well, that I don't know, but but I uh, a great amount of the information that I use today, and I really should oh, uh, right. should give props yeah. for for this because this was- we we had some issues finding a lot of detail. Mm. about this and then i uh came upon the michigan state university campus archaeology program where back in 2017 somebody had actually written a blog post <laughs> about ginger beer yeah a really good in-depth post too yeah like with, it, it you could be fooled that you could be uh easily mistaken for a, a paper really oh yeah i mean fantastic post lots of good details and Lots of really good pictures. I know you guys can't see them, but they're really they're really good pictures, and you could look it up. So, and uh, a shout out to uh, Mari Isa who uh, who wrote that. Mm. Awesome article. Thank yeah. you. 
Yes, you've uh, saved us a lot of hunting by, <laughs> by putting that there because yeah. a lot of our usual places for finding information on things just were rubbish when it mm. came to this. Well, obviously, Vine Pear's not going to throw out a post on ginger beer because it's not a wine-related Well, that's true. Drink. That's true. Yeah. So, we ha- so the, the two drinks we have, two ginger beers we have, one is Krabby's Original Alcoholic Ginger Beer. And we picked this one because it's one of the first. One of the first commercial uh, ginger beers created in Edinburgh in 1801. And I don't know if they've changed the recipe f- since then, but they probably have. Um, but it, yeah, it's pretty good. It holds up. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's an interesting sort of flavor to it. Like, if we want to talk about the taste, and I think we should, because we're doing a second one. Yeah. Because it has a flavor to it that, like, there's definitely ginger, but there's something beyond that, almost like... I don't want to say rotten fruit, but... Or overripe fruit, maybe. Mm. Um, Well, it could be because they're using ginger wine, which is uh, grape-based, according to the bottle. So, that's the sort of flavours I'm getting from it. Like, uh, reminds me of... Uh, Stone's green ginger wine mixed with soda water. Mm, it it kind of does, yeah. And the, the smell is interesting as well because it doesn't really smell like a ginger beer. No. But it smells sweet. Well, it smells sweet and smells gingery. Like, My, you'd... It, um, it smells gingery like a, a jar of uh, crushed ginger or... Sorry, not a cr- jar. A jar of powdered ginger that you'd have in your spice drawer. But it also kind of smells like juice. Just just a yeah, bit. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. How about that? All right. Yeah, so we'll... Uh, so we'll uh, just take finish. a quick break. Yeah, we'll take these off. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with ginger beer number two. All right, we are back with ginger beer number two. What do we have, Mickle? We have... Budrum alcoholic ginger beer. Hmm. It looks good, but I still reckon it's built like a soft drink as opposed to fermented like a beer. Mm. So this one does actually definitely have ginger in it. I noticed on the label there is some writing that is upside down, but when the bottle <laughs> is flipped down. over, it says ginger may naturally settle. Flip the bottle to mix the zing. Wait, where does it say that? It's on the front of the label. Is it? Oh. There you go. I can read it now. <laughs> yeah. What do you know? And there is a little blurb on this that um, because it's the Budrum Ginger Beer is made by Budrum Ginger, who are, in case you aren't familiar with Australia or hadn't guessed, in Budrum, which is in Queensland. It's a twist top, but I used a bottle opener anyway because I'm lazy. And their little blurb on the bottle says, As fine purveyors of all things ginger since 1941, Budrum Ginger Beer is crafted to deliver a distinct flavour hit like no other. Made using only the freshest ginger, delivers it delivers a punchy ginger bite and a uniquely refreshing taste. 
enjoy straight from the bottle or pour over ice with a twist of lemon. And this definitely has a more traditional ginger beer appearance. However, it smells more like a soft drink than the other one. Yeah, those those caps are spiky, aren't they? They're really rough. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Yeah. All right, flavor. I don't like it. But this could be coming straight from the ginger ale. The Sorry, the other ginger mm. beer. Yeah, this, but, to me, this tastes a lot more like a Bundaberg brewed ginger beer. They both use Australian ginger. So perhaps it's like... Um, like grapes, the the ginger changes its flavor based on where it's grown. Potentially, I mean, this one is also slightly stronger than the other one, yeah. at four point five percent instead of four percent. It's bitier too. It is bitier, but that's because it contains fresh ginger. <laughs> it's it's literally the fourth ingredient listed on the ingredients list. It's carbonated water, spirit alcohol, cane sugar, fresh ginger. And fresh ginger is going to add that spice and bite you get from ginger. And the other one didn't really have that. No. It was gingerish, ginger-esque. Ginger-flavoured. But this... You can tell. Yeah, it definitely contains ginger. You can, you can see that it contains ginger. Mm. And you can smell that it contains ginger. And you can taste that it contains ginger. And you can feel the back of your throat burning because it contains ginger. See, I really like ginger, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really no, enjoying this. It's good. It's really good. Um, it, I guess it's a, a more authentic flavor, but I guess because we've just come off the uh, Krabby's ginger beer, which is much more manufactured, I guess. Yeah, the, I, I would say that um, Krabby's is probably... Like if we were to liken these drinks to um, to bands, I think we we could probably say that Budrum Ginger Beer is like the Foo Fighters. They're going to do what they're going to do, and either you like it or you don't. And Krabby's is like the Bee Gees. They want to be liked by everybody. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. More of a craft versus mainstream uh, approach. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely different. Um, I, I st- uh, yeah, I'm still unsure about it. Mm. But yeah, you know, it has it definitely has the appearance that all of the texts, all of the history, tell us that a a ginger beer and an alcoholic ginger beer should have. Mm, absolutely, and it definitely smells like ginger. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling that there's ginger in there. I can feel it, it in my soul it, that there's real <laughs> ginger in this. Yeah, it, it warms you like there's mm. real ginger in it. Yeah. So, so when was the first time you had ginger beer? Oh, gosh. Are we talking real, genuine, alcoholic ginger beer or just, just ginger beer? Just ginger beer. Not, not ginger ale or dry mm. ginger ale. But, but ginger, ginger beer. Yeah. Yeah. So, brewed ginger beer or ginger beer made using the modern ginger ale technique but still tasting like a ginger beer? Because, of course, you've got... Um, You've got the Kirk's Old Stony Ginger Beer, yeah, which is just made using the exact same methodology as a ginger ale. Yes. And the appearance is very similar. The flavor profile is different. A fermented ginger beer. 
So the first time I had Bundaberg ginger beer, <laughs> which is one of the few truly fermented ginger beers still around, them and Budrum, mm. they're still using real ginger. Oh, and no, this is not a fermented ginger beer. It's it's put together like soft soft drink because it, it even says on the bottle it's got, uh, it's got spirit alcohol in it, eleven point three percent. Yeah, and cane sugar and fresh ginger. Yeah. Fresh ginger as opposed to a fermented product. It would say fermented if it was fermented because that's a selling point. Well, that's true, which is uh, something that it does say on the Bundaberg ginger beer. For sure. Yeah. This is built like a soft drink. Yeah, so it's built like a soft drink but using real ginger. Yes. So therefore superior than Krabby's. Yes. This is superior (laughs) to Krabby's and... Bundaberg, if you're listening and you would like to make an alcoholic ginger beer, we would brewing be it the way that you brew your non-alcoholic ginger beer, yeah. that would be superior to what Budrum is producing. Yeah, we would be all over that. Yeah, because these are both good. Let, let's not... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can admit that. Yeah. It, it's got a more complex flavor, for sure. Yeah, like, don't don't mistake what we're saying for that we dislike either of these. The Krabby's mm. is good. Mm. And the Budroom is good. They're, well, they're different styles, really. Yeah, they're very different styles. Hmm. Like lager and uh, pale ale. Yeah. But yeah, for, for me, though, the first time I had Bundaberg ginger beer, which I still <laughs> consider to be the be-all and end-all of ginger beer, mm. would have been at some point in my youth. Mm. I, I don't remember exactly when, because I was just a lad. Just a wee lad. Just a wee lad. Hmm. I would have been the same. Uh, having a, a Bundaberg ginger beer like 20-something years ago, 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because before and after it, you drink the other ones. You drink your old Stonies and they're still good. Or your Kirk's Dry Ginger Ale. Yeah. and like they're, um, they're nice, but they're not... They're nothing, nothing like it. Yeah, like it the just, bo- it's in a class of its own. Yeah, it just never stands up. Yeah. So before we head out, we really have to mention a slowly growing list of ginger beer cocktails. Yes, it is. Um, as with so many different things that can be mixed, something that is uh, a useful thing to have in your fridge for mixing a number of different cocktails because it's a flavor that lends itself well to pairing with a lot of different alcohols. Mm. It's, yeah, the, the flavors are good. Flavors are good. So, so, let's start with the, one of the most popular ginger beer cocktails. We have the, the Dark and Stormy. Yes, that is one of my personal favorites. Mm. A rum and ginger beer. And you've also got lime as well. That's pretty much it. Two ounces of rum, an ounce, what between one ounce and three ounces of fresh lime juice, three ounces of ginger beer. Jeez, this is a potent one. And shake it up. Oh, fill the cocktail shaker with ice, rum, and lime juice. Shake well, and then top with ginger beer. You've also got the Moscow Mule, which is a vodka drink that was uh, popularized in the US during the 1940s, which has uh, two shots of vodka, three shots of ginger beer, and one shot of fresh lime juice. And you stir that one together. 
And then this website has a ginger beer margarita. Oh. Mm. It sounds interesting, actually. And really potent. So you got one and a half ounces of tequila. You got or one and a half shots of tequila, one shot of fresh lime juice, uh, three shots of ginger beer, one or half a shot of simple syrup, coarse salt for the rim. And mix it the same way as you'd mix a dark and stormy. You pour everything into a shaker, minus the ginger beer, shake it around, uh, pour it into your glass, and then top with the ginger beer. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who want to make something for the kiddies, Stay Sober is a cocktail made in a Collins highball that uh, uses 30 mils of apple juice, 30 mils of cranberry juice, topped with ginger beer. That sounds pretty good, actually. It does. And of course, if you wanted to um, make a Stay Less Sober, you could use one of the alcoholic (laughs) ginger beers we've mentioned in tonight's episode. I love it. It's good. Um, I haven't got anything else. Yeah. How about no, you? Neither have I. So that brings us to the plugs. So if you like what you heard, and we really hope you do, we'd love you to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play Music, Spotify, uh, wherever your, whatever your favorite podcast app is. You can find us as A Good Drop All About Alcohol. You can also find us on the socials. We're on Facebook and Instagram. And we are on there as a good drop podcast. Yeah. If you want to share a particular episode with a friend, you can... uh, Or if you want to check out our uh, library of previous episodes, you can check out our website, agooddrop.com.au. And if you've got any comments, questions, feedback, suggestions for future episodes, or if you've got any... Or if you've got a funny ginger beer story, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to a good drop at gmail.com. Yeah, and uh, of course, be sure to tune in next time when we travel far across the oceans and talk about something that nobody in Australia is making. No, but it, apparently it's it arrives in Australia and then goes back to this country yeah so it's it's this production story that involves us but doesn't actually happen here and uh, we'll tell you that fantastic story in our episode about aquavit Mm, a traditional drink from norway i'm looking forward to it because it's we're going back to trying a a drink that we've never had before it's been a while since we've done it but i'm excited Yes, I also am excited. So, until then, cheers. cheers.